And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Welcome to today's show. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We're coming to you live today from Mount Boucherie Estate Winery in uh, West Kelowna, just newly opened, uh, and we couldn't be happier to be here just to have a look at this new winery. It is fantastic. Joining us is Craig McCullough. He's the vice president at Mount Boucherie and Jesse Harnon, the GM. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Great to have you, Craig. You've been very busy. I've been here several times through the build process, uh, and I thought, when are they going to open? Man, this is a fantastic facility. I know. We're so hot, glad to finally get you guys here. I know we've been talking for quite a while, and yeah. so welcome to the Mount Boucherie Estate it's, Winery Experience Center. It's kind of shocking even, like, you think you, you, you know what's going to be in there, and you get in there, and you're totally surprised. It's really a piece of architecture, too. Yeah, it, but, I, I thought you were going to say a piece of art. Like, it, it yeah. is an incredible building. Yeah, Jacozzi, the architect, he came here when there was just a grass field, and he stood up top mm-hmm. and took pictures and kind of had it in his head, and he wanted to see, when you walked into the front doors, just glass, and then glass, and then the lake, and the Okanagan out front, so... It's very deceiving in the parking lot to look at a rock wall and another wall and then walk into the front doors and see oh, what you see. There's that rock word. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, rock. we're also staring out at Mount Boucherie to the south, I guess. Is that the south? I think it's the south. Yep. Uh, which is sort of sets the tone for the whole part of West Kelowna. That's why we're here making wine, because exactly. of that volcano or for that extinct. Sure. I hope it's an extinct old volcano. We're hoping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a great-looking place. Of course, you have a restaurant here, too. We're going to get into that and talk to the chef. But uh, how's it gone? I mean, it hasn't been an easy year to open. Yeah, we opened up a restaurant and a brand-new wine shop during a pandemic, and so we Googled how to do that and we couldn't find it. <laughs> So we just kind of won it. Um, yeah. But no, it's, it's gone exceedingly well, uh, far exceeded our ex- expectations so far. Yeah. Uh, to the point where we had to go to reservations only for the wine shop and the restaurant mm. for the last few months. So uh, it's been it's been a great surprise. And you've, you've already made a strong connection with the community, too. Like, there's a lot of people living in West Kelowna uh, that are here year-round. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lakeview Heights area has been incredible supporters for us, and uh, we really wanted the restaurant not to just be seasonal and tourist-driven. We really want this to be the local hotspot, and uh, I've kind of structured the menu and the the list accordingly. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just so great to be here and to, to, to see. It's hard to imagine that these kind of wineries are opening in British Columbia at the, at the moment. There seems to be... You know, just one after another, a, a stunning uh, place to make wine and to uh, and pursue. I mean, you've got a lot of great ideas to, uh, going on here at Mount Boucherie. Too many, some might say. Yeah, yeah. too many. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it's, great boss. it's a great time to be part of the growth in the Okanagan, so we feel like we're right yeah. dead center. So. And it's nice to see it now in the north, too, because there was sort of a lot going on down south, but now there's uh, there's actually even more going on further north here. So you're you're kind of in the middle again, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, the West Side Wine Trail has been uh, incredibly busy for years and years now, and it's continuing to grow with us and Friend and all sorts of other projects. It's just an yeah. incredible little wine community. Yeah, there's a little winery on the hill with a bell tower very close. And, uh, I've heard of that. I haven't yeah, checked it out yet. You haven't checked it out. No. Yeah. You so can the, see their bell tower from our deck. The, the, <laughs> we actually the, have the best bell tower view in the valley. The, the, and the best traffic, too. 
Uh, well, we got to get the show started. We're going to be talking to uh, a bunch of people here at Mount Boucherie about what's going on. Also talk to the chef and uh, many other folks from the Kelowna region. You're listening to uh, our Grape Escape in Kelowna. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And you're on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save on Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save on Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. Summer may be officially over, but not at Spirit Ridge Resort. Their endless summer continues until October 31st. Book three nights and get a $75 credit that you can use at any of their many on-site activities. From Solterra Spa Services, golfing at Sonora Dunes, dining at the Bear, the Fish, the Root, and the Berry. Even wakeboarding with Wake Pilot Rentals. Spirit Ridge has it all. Book today and quote endless summer to experience the beauty of Spirit Ridge. Part of the Unbound Collection by Hyatt. Visit spiritridge.com. CA. Kalmana Family Estate Winery would like to welcome you to visit their spectacular winery in the heart of the Okanagan's Golden Mile Bench. Guests can enjoy seated tastings of six of their signature wines for up to six people per reservation. Feel comfortable knowing that rigid social distancing and cleaning protocols are in place to ensure the utmost safety of staff and guests. Kalmana Family Estate Winery, creating wines of excellence through the blending of art and science. Open 10 to 5 daily. Call or visit kalmana.ca for reservations. Stuck at home? Planning your next getaway without the airfare? Think Therapy Vineyards. Imagine staying at the Inn on the Vineyard, overlooking Lake Okanagan and Giant's Head Mountain, sipping the latest releases all within steps of your luxurious boutique-style room. It's the ultimate wine lover's getaway without the flight. For a limited time, BC Food and Wine radio listeners can save on their stay at Therapy Vineyards. Just remember the code Gizmondi when you book online at therapyvineyards.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're on location today at Mount Bushery Estate Winery. It's our latest uh, grape escape to Kelowna. And joining us now from the winery is uh, Jesse Harnan. He's the GM. And Dan Karkner is the executive chef of the Modest Butcher at Mount Bushery. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you very much. very much. Chef, uh, great to have you. We had a fantastic dinner last night. Oh, it was my pleasure. I was, you know, you go to these things and you don't quite sure what to expect and i was saying to casey on the way up today that just everything just hit the mark it was just all exactly it's what i thought it should be at a winery you know bit of fun top quality not fussy but delicious i don't know i thought i thought it was a great meal you're more or less describing our mission statement yeah Um, well you're nailing it at the moment uh what we like to provide is uh just familiar food done really well so uh hopefully when you read through the menu uh the words are familiar uh when the food arrives at your table you're impressed by the presentation and then the flavor really exceeds even that expectation so tell our listeners just a bit about uh, your inside outside how many seats what is the modest butcher uh well everything is uh slightly modified under the circumstances now but uh the original plan was 100 seats inside 40 outside and then we've got uh event space also 
So okay. uh, where we're sitting now has uh, got a wonderful vantage point and pretty conducive to cocktail parties, receptions, that sort of thing. Yeah, we're up on a rooftop uh, of the winery at the moment. Right, yeah. right. And then uh, down just off the wine wine shop uh, on the on the bottom level, there's a really beautiful room um, with barrels that are filled with some components of our, our big blends. Mm. Um, and a nice long table uh, where the, you you can have um, more intimate, I guess, in experiences, yeah. uh, and really tied into the wine with with uh, wine sitting right there in the barrels. So, and the menu is impressive. It ranges from things on toast to the tomahawk, <laughs> and I so. want you to describe both of those to sure, us. Sure, sure. So things on toast. Uh, I think it's a great um, example of just uh, not taking ourselves seriously. Um, it's kind of a jab in the ribs to avocados on toast, which is the, the dish of the decade, it seems. Yes. Lots of uh, places will do mushrooms on toast, uh, but we don't like to be handcuffed into just saying it's one thing forever. So um, if you come today, it, it could be one combination, but it really follows the season, the growing season here in the Okanagan. So mm. um, it started with um, sort of green peas and and asparagus real fresh springtime flavors and it migrates through tomato season and soon will be uh mushrooms yeah we're uh, that that will feature for sure um and we're on the cusp of you know being uh, bombarded with squash Squash. and pumpkins and all kinds of things so uh those are are what to expect with that dish yeah you get along with this guy because he brought a couple of weird wines and i think he (laughs) he suggests that you make food for those wines or together you do something what are these wines and how does that work jesse Uh, or is it working well we're not really sure yet haven't had a chance to sell them (laughs) (laughs) but no they've done really well in the shop so we thought you couldn't have a modest butcher without having modest wines to go with it and so this tier of wine uh, is really meant to be experimental and fun Uh, we're going to do different things every year and uh, first and foremost they're they're wines to be you know food friendly acid driven crisp styles that uh, highlight some of Dan's food Um, so yeah case in point the first wine is just kind of our restaurant house wine we call the Elder Vicar, which at two in the morning we thought was really clever because it's a reference to Father Pandozi being the Elder Vicar who planted the first grapes in BC, but also a bit of an homage to the Alsace and Edel's Vicar. And this is basically a noble a blend. blend yeah. uh, so this is a co-fermented Muscat Gris Goo Riesling, uh, hailing out of the Similkameen. Fantastic idea! <laughs> Just such a clever label. Seemed like a good idea at 2 in the morning, so we just went for it. (laughs) (laughs) And I think pretty easy to match, Jeff. So much going on in that glass. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, First and foremost, this wine is a staff favorite for sure, um, Ah. which which really helps uh, the approach at the table. But... um, very food friendly. Um, lots, lots going on to discover just by itself. But uh, when you pair it with food, um, there's there's lots to play off. So when you ta- do some tasting notes, um, you can really design the food to go uh, with it. Um, lots of florals in this particular wine, and lots of citrus and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, and you made a wine. You made a wine for Casey and I. I did. Uh, well, you guys have always been a guiding light of inspiration to us in the BC wine business. So we made a wine called the Odd Couple. Uh, the back label reads Bogart and Bacall, Tony and Casey, John and Yoko, Sonny and Cher. There you go. DeWitt, Dirtmark, Riesling and Merlot, believe the hype. So in yeah. the spirit of experimentation, uh, I said to Jeff and Ryan, the, Ryan's the Russ winemaker, Jeff's the Bouchery winemaker, yeah. just do something totally off the wall. And, and you know, we'll drink to that, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> and Good. the label, there's a secret label on it. It's just the best. Uh, so the whole front labels of these wines 
each panel uh, tells a story. And uh, so in this particular one, we're trying to get sued by Opus One. So we have Jeff and Ryan emulating the Baron and uh, Mondavi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in profile. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the key marketing techniques is try to get sued by famous wineries. <laughs> any, any press is good press, exactly. including uh, exactly. stop work orders. Uh, so. Well, I tell – yeah, go ahead. Well, I want to ask you about the tomahawk. Oh, sure. Uh, tell us about it, and, and who orders the tomahawk? Uh, we've found it's been quite successful since launching, um, and it's quite a variety of people. Um, that, that, I suppose, represents uh, the higher end of our experience that, that's available here. Mm-hmm. So really, we want people to come and have a great time, whether you're just off the golf course or uh, you know, you're wearing a suit and tie. Um, and uh, the tomahawk seems to, to appeal to everyone. So it's a great big steak. It's uh, at least two pounds. Um, they've uh, approached three pounds. Uh, bone-in ribeye, a uh, real mean-looking steak uh, yeah. when it's presented at your table. Uh, really fun to share. Uh, we've had uh, one guest actually tackled it by themselves. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But typically it's... Uh, I've met it's... those people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But so, it, you're, you're dry-aging all this beef as well, so it's... It's, That's right. So we've it's got not just a steak. Quite, uh, quite the beef program here. So uh, ver- quite a variety of cuts, um, all the way from the uh, uh, fillet, a tenderloin, up to the tomahawk, um, and we've got uh, drying chambers downstairs, uh, just off the wine shop in our market area. So when you walk by, you'll likely see a tomahawk rack, a full rack, hanging there, um, which again looks pretty uh, enticing. Uh, but it gives us the ability to to um, Put a, a bone-in ribeye in there and just leave it for um, what you had for dinner last night was 45 days worth of dry aging. Wow. And that's kind of uh, the minimum where you see a change in the flavor and the texture and, mm. and things like that. And then, uh, you know, uh, plenty of places will go far beyond to 60, 90 days. Nice. And Jesse, are you talking about selling some of these things? Yeah, so we, uh, one of the initial concepts that we're still in the process of rolling out, we, we called it the Modest Butcher Kitchen and Market. And so what we really wanted to do is have just a little gourmet market downstairs for some cheese and charcuteries, but also steaks or chicken and, and cuts to go. So uh, it's you know going to be a limited selection, but if you're in the mood for a really premium tomahawk or ribeye or something along those lines we're gonna have the option where you can go online order a steak grab a bottle of merlot and uh, also some head back home jams and jellies and relishes yeah much to Dan's chagrin uh, we made Dan. him do a whole bunch of preserves <laughs> when he's not too busy <laughs> yeah, exactly. we, we, we shouldn't scare everybody off though the veginator BLT is available so it's not like it's a it's a meat joint uh, there's plenty for everybody that's right you you can't uh, ignore certain uh, demands I guess with uh, people's dietary choices um, so uh, definitely that that sandwich it's our our take on a BLT. Uh, we use a, a, a local producer, uh, makes tempeh for us, and then we give it sort of a bacon treatment so it really has that flavor. Uh, it's playful, it's fun, um, it won't satisfy necessarily. We're not trying to fool anybody that it is that it is bacon, but uh, I think it's a, a pretty nice option and very satisfying. Even, even if you're a true carnivore, I think it's a, a great choice. Our guests are Jesse Harden, GM, and Dan Karkner. He's the executive chef at the Modest Butcher at uh, Mount Boucherie. Uh, you're going to be busy here, right? And uh, is it the same menu, by the way, at lunch, or is it a different uh, it is, offering? It is. Uh, so this this menu has carried us through uh, a very busy summer. Um, yeah. So things may change in the future. We just will roll with the punches of, of what uh, the demands in our market are. Mm-hmm. Um, so as it stands, lunch and dinner, it's the same menu. So if it's 11 in the morning and you feel like a tomahawk to yourself... Yeah. You're you're welcome well, to it. Well, you know, I love it's 11 pick. in the morning, so I'm <laughs> Yes, gonna... let's do it. We'll fire up the grill. Yeah. 
just to show how casual you are in the menu, instead of appetizers, it says to get the ball rolling. I love it. Right. So wording, I think, is really important, and it just reflects our attitude here. Um, on the charcuterie board, for example, it says pickled things instead of uh, a real pretentious sort of pickled bulb of fennel or something exactly. like that. Just pickled things. Yes. There's a great flour fritters. There's a lot of interesting stuff on this menu. So when we first opened, Dan, uh, just the timing worked out where there was a culinary competition, and Dan says, with the name Modest Butcher, everyone's going to expect beef or whatever. And so he uh, entered the competition with a carrot tartare just to throw the judges off, and he yeah. ended up winning the whole thing really? for best yeah, food and wine great. pairing. Yeah. We took best food and wine pairing, so uh, wow. that, was, that was a pretty yeah. good kickoff to our little adventure here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, it's going to be fun, and uh, you're going to have all the Mount Boucherie wines available on the on the menu. Yep, the wine list will have uh, kind of our top selection from Mount Boucherie, also from our sister property, Rust, but we're also going to uh, have about 30% of the list be some international benchmarks from the varietals that we also that do. That you're growing, yeah. 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 Fantastic. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. So there'll be some play at dinner maybe to have... Like have a French Syrah and your Syrah at the table. That's the whole idea. That is so yep. good. And yep. it's so necessary here, too. I think so, too. I think the putting our wines in context is something that uh, we might be guilty of not doing enough. Yeah. I mean, we steal so much for them. We should give back some totally. once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to end on that before uh, Australia is uh, calling us, which they will be right after the show. <laughs> uh, thanks so much, guys. It was a pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. We had great fun uh, eating here. We highly recommend it to folks who are now traveling. There's another place to eat in uh, West Kelowna, and that's fantastic for all of us. You're listening to the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. We've been speaking with Jesse Harnden. He's the GM, and Dan Karkner, the executive chef of The Modest Butcher here at Mount Boucherie. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And uh, there's plenty more coming up. Don't go away. Steve Moriarty comes back to talk to us from Save On Foods with Craig McCullough. He's the vice president here at Mount Boucherie Wines. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. Fall has arrived. Celebrate the harvest at Black Hills Estate Winery with in-person and online tastings. Relax on their comfortable and spacious patio and sample the newly released Viognier and the rare and coveted Carmenier. Their wine educators are eager to tell you about this lost grape of Bordeaux and how it grows in the South Okanagan. For more on the virtual tasting program or to book a seat on the patio, visit BlackHillsWinery.com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Tinhorn Creek Vineyards has opened its doors. Visitors are welcome to stop by the wine shop for both sales and tastings. The award-winning Miradoro restaurant is now also open for table service and takeout. Reservations are required. Can't make it in? Take advantage of free shipping on orders over six bottles or send wine to someone you love to show them you're thinking of them. Curbside pickup is also available for online and phone orders. For full details and the latest updates, please visit tinhorn.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. 
back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, Steve Moriarty, director uh, at uh, Save on Foods, joins us with Craig McCulloch, the VP here at Mount Boucherie. I think they're old buddies. Yeah, Somehow, you go way back. They what, are very what, comfortable what, together. What did grocery. you do? Well, we have a history in the grocery business. Everybody starts in the grocery business somewhere. And mm-hmm. Craig and I were fortunate enough to work for the, the Jim Pattison Group in a number of different uh, opportunities. So we, uh, we're kindred spirits. That's great. Is it easy to sell wine? Is it easy to sell groceries? Which was wine's easier for sure, but uh, more regulated. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little <laughs> more regulated for sure, but um, it's a happy industry to be in for yeah. for sure. Would you say, Steve, are you overregulated as a wine uh, retailer now? Or I know you have to be politically correct, but being politically correct, I mean, there's a, there's an awful lot of compliance expectations that most of them make sense. Now, there's a few in there that you. Yeah. got to scratch your head and wonder about but yeah i think we all as responsible retailers would probably follow those kinds of rules anyway but yeah. y- you know there's it's like any other bureaucracy i read a quote from tex Inamark. you probably remember him i don't know if you remember the quote where he said this is nuts uh, he said that uh, the liquor laws in bc were nuts that 80 percent of the people uh were very happy with the way things are and it's these other 20 percent that are just messing it all up and we got to stop catering to them and that was you know that was the start of the change <laughs> but he was a pretty colorful character yeah i think so uh okay let's talk about uh, uh wine uh, selling wine uh this gentleman's selling a lot of vqa wine in grocery stores people said we shouldn't do it uh now it's been a big success what do you think craig i mean you came out of there is it a natural yeah, I was kind of waiting for it, and I was glad uh, when it happened. Yeah. Um, in dealing with Savon and the grocery business, I kind of knew how they did business and how how they react as partners and how they deal with their, their vendors and uh, everything in their stores. They know everything about all of their suppliers and their vendors and yeah. the relationships that they build are fabulous. And yeah. I kind of was waiting for that, and I knew that would happen. Um, so our relationship so far with Savon has been absolutely fabulous. Well, I think it's been like a jolt of electricity to the retail side of selling wine because it's pretty haphazard. It was pretty haphazard. There was there's some good individual stores, but there was never any any sort of anything like that. Well, I like to think that we brought a, a unified kind of presentation to the consumers of British Columbia, right? Yeah. We, we brought what was in the backyard and we put it in the front yard. That's the way we look at it. And yeah. I think I think as we go forward. We're going to only continue to prioritize British Columbia fine wines as a, as a as a priority when you go to purchase one. Yeah, and uh, there doesn't seem to be any shortage of wine. Not right now. Um, we're in a we're in a. I think from a retailer perspective, we're probably in a better perspective this year than we have been in the last few years about uh, about supply. And yeah. I'm, I'm excited that that we we should be able to steam right through the the, the winter season without any hiccups. Yeah. Well, what happened? What changed? I think I've seen it as a retailer. I've seen a number of uh, of changes from, especially from smaller wineries, knowing that they have a consistent uh, pipeline or throughput to the to the retailer. Yeah. Yes. And that that they're willing, to, they're more confident in in producing maybe a little bit more than they would have in the past, whereas they would rather run out and not get get hung with extra inventory. Yeah. And knowing that we have this, you know, we have 21 stores to, to, to funnel that through. And you, you got a little little help. Probably one of the few helps of COVID was that the many of the restaurants that had to shut down or couldn't open. So there's a lot more fine wine out there floating around. Or Our, my phone started ringing about uh, three weeks after the, the COVID shutdown started. And uh, mm-hmm. we had wineries asking us if we could help. And 
I'm never going to say no yeah. to good wine, and uh, we we we've added more new wines this year. I couldn't even begin to list them uh, that we've added to our stores, and most of them in the in the more premium escalation. You guys have a great story. You told me uh, you said you know sometimes with with some of our suppliers, I like to I get to know them quite well, and I like to get a wine either made or talked about, or how do you say fashion for save on? What have you guys done at Mount Bushery with? Uh, well, the great, thing, the great thing about Craig and his team is is that they're in business to, to, to meet consumer demand. And we get tremendous feedback from our customers. And uh, we just sat down, uh, Craig and uh, Jeff and I, and we had a conversation about, you know, there's uh, not quite an entry-level wine, but a m- mid kind of entry-level wine. And there's a market for that, mm-hmm. and especially with the Mount Boucherie name. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we came up with a with a wine. It's called Mandaray, and we have a which white. is a good story too. Which is a whole other story, yes. <laughs> yeah. And um, we have a white and a red, and it's doing very well, and it will continue to grow. And it, I think it solidifies our relationship with Mount Boucherie forever. That's yeah. just just the way it will be. Super. Well, I I want to know something about Steve. Were you surprised when he got into wine and how quickly he learned? about it because I was very impressed. It takes people a long time to learn about wine. How come? How did that happen? Well, I think they picked the right guy for sure. I know he enjoys wine, but uh, the, the whole Savon food group, they're, they're, the team is spectacular there, and I think that uh, they know what they're doing, and they, they manage their, so their analytics are fabulous throughout the entire store, and I know that uh, putting those wine stores in there and Steve at the, at the helm, they would be successful right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we we talk to them a lot about what's moving, what's not moving. And um, I listened to Steve on the radio a couple of weeks ago about rosé being one of the number one growth wines, and then the, the white blends was was a surprise to him about how the growth of the white blends are going. So when Steve comes to us with opportunity, we listen to him. Yeah, um, he's at he's at the front lines or with the retail side. So um, and there hasn't been a lot of that, has there? In the retail business, in the in wine shops, that kind of thing. They just don't have the same kind of access to data, that type of thing. Well, I, I believe that that's why Savon has been so successful, because their analytics throughout the store, but, uh, they took that into the wine shop, and it's proof of successful. So, uh, yeah, we listen to them. When they come asking, we listen to them and, and uh, get together. So, um. Well, you know, it's real simple, Is and Craig knows this, is, is from a retail perspective, especially in the grocery business, is, is that... We work for the consumer. You know, we, we, we may follow leadership, but really at the end of the day, it's all about what the consumer wants. And if the consumer wants to go in a certain direction, that's where we have to go. We have to make sure we're there in front of them and we have to guide them and lead them and, and help them, just help them get what they want. And yes. That's, that's, just, that's just being really responsible retailers. And, and of course, with that, we'll, you'll, you're bound to have some kind of success and mm-hmm. uh, or repeat success as long as you listen and listen directly to your consumers. Our guests are Steve Moriarty, Director at Save On Foods, and Craig McCulloch. He's the VP here at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. Consumers are, a, uh, I, I don't know, I, I sometimes think they're a fickle group, but maybe they're not. They're, they just move in different directions over time, and as you say, we have to follow them or guide them. Absolutely, and you know, when I look at this, this, this offering that you have at Mount Boucherie and what Craig's put together with his team, Yeah. And I met, you've probably heard me talk about before the emotional attachment that comes from uh, from wine wine consumers. Yep. And whether whether you're whatever it is at that your particular winery that you have that forms that bond. All I have to do is look around here, and everybody that come here is going to be bonded. Like, yeah. Like exactly. I mean, this is just a truly amazing experience. 
And to me, as a retailer, I just have to capitalize on that. Is 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 it that the the average consumer may not go to the winery on a regular basis, but they come grocery shopping about every eight or nine days. He's going to need a couple more facings or whatever you guys call it uh, because there's going to be a lot of connections made here in this restaurant at nighttime for sure with yep. consumers who are going to absolutely put Mount Bouchery on their list. Um, I gotta be, I'd be really candid as a, as, a, as, a, as a retailer. I love to see this kind of investment in the consumer and that emotional attachment to BC because this, this sends a message about premium. This sends a message about unique and all underlined with local. Yeah. Yes, and isn't it a beautiful winery? Were you blown away like we were when you walked in that door? Absolutely. I, I was fortunate enough to come a couple of times when it was under construction, but just to see it finished now is, is just simply amazing. Yeah. It is. It's, it's just beautiful. But you're not ready to announce 200 stores uh, today, is that right? Or? Uh, not today. <laughs> well, someday, uh, maybe before I'm left this earth, uh, wines will be sold in all grocery stores, which would be... Uh, I think it would be the best yeah. thing for the BC wine industry that we could Me ever too. ask for. Yep. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, I don't want to get too political. You were, it was fun for you to say how they handle wine. I, I, I asked Steve if he could take over you know, the shipping and distribution of wine all across British Columbia. And he said, well, we could probably do that on Monday morning. He said, I don't know what we'd do the rest of the week. <laughs> well, well, we're waiting six or eight weeks for a bottle of wine to arrive from Richmond to Vancouver. So I know. there are things that can be done. Yeah, we're hoping that's one of the big one of the big issues we're looking at right now for yeah. sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, check out the new uh, original uh, labels here. You got to get some in the store if they'll give you any. They probably won't because they say they don't make much of it, but uh, they might fit over in your fancy uh, in our legacy case. In your legacy case, yeah, that could be fun. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. I appreciate being here, and uh, I just completely astounded by the quality and the expectation that a consumer can have now. This is a new benchmark for, for premium BC wine. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, thanks so much, Craig. We're, we're going to talk to other people, but thanks for hosting us and showing us off, uh, showing off the place to us. Great. It was a pleasure having you guys. Thanks yeah. for coming. So good to see you. We know you're all busy. Okay, uh, we've got to take a quick break, but there's plenty more coming up on the show. We're coming to you live from Mount Bushery in uh, West Kelowna. Coming up next is Grant Stanley. He's the winemaker and GM over at Spearhead Winery on the other side of the lake. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save On Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. The Upper Bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden, stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality for wines that are elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven. Visit them by appointment or purchase their wines online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping offered to all BC and Alberta customers on orders of six bottles or more. Barb Holler, owner of Poplar Grove Winery in the Okanagan. When I look out over our vineyards, I think of the potential. The potential for improvement, 
how can I do things differently? How can I be more sustainable? How can I do things that improve viticulture practice? And bottom line, how can it improve the wine? Poplar Grove, available at private fine wine stores. Join the wine club at poplargrove.ca. Please enjoy responsibly. The Wine Center at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery is waiting for you. Welcome to the new home of hospitality in the Okanagan. The wine shop is open for tastings, and the Modest Butcher Restaurant is ready to welcome you with the best dining experience in Okanagan wine country. Walk-ins are being accepted for tastings and dining, but reservations are still recommended. For the safety of guests and staff, extra cleaning, sanitization, and physical distancing protocols are also in place. For more information and updated developments, please visit mtboucherie.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're joined now by an old friend, Grant Stanley. He's the winemaker and GM over at Spearhead Winery, which is just about across the lake from where we are in West Kelowna and East Kelowna. Grant, welcome back. Great shot. Nice to be here. Thank you, Tony. Great to have you here. Uh, Another new winery in BC. It's kind of nice. Things have taken off, eh? Well, it's uh, been a very successful uh, enterprise. There's been lots of great new things happening in the valley and lovely to see this place. It's beautiful. Yeah, fantastic. Out of this world. Stunning. Grant, when did your love affair start (laughs) with Pinot Gris? Oh, Pinot Noir, you must I mean, mean Pinot Noir. Yes. Uh, you know what? I, when I was working in Martinborough, which is kind of a, the original home of Pinot Noir in New Zealand, some of the earlier plantings took place there in the 80s, and I had a great opportunity to work as assistant winemaker at a vineyard called Atarangi Vineyard, uh, an icon. A very winery. famous yeah, winery. winery. And so yeah. I had eight years uh, training and working under uh, the leadership of Clive Patton there. Yeah. And uh, he uh, pointed me in, in the direction of some great wineries in Oregon that I also had the, the opportunity to work for, Ken Wright Cellars and Yamhill Valley. Um, and, you know, basically uh, had, had uh, ample opportunity to learn about Pinot Noir and be introduced to that world Yes. And, and I certainly found that it's, uh, it's a, a very small section of the wine industry. It really only makes up about 1% or 2% of total wine as a varietal. Um, but, uh, but the group are all into uh, improving the breed. And so there are numerous events around the world regularly that we attend as Pinot Noir makers from all over the world to try and help each other make better wine. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that, that's been a big part of and mine. And those two guys are in the top 2% of all the producers of Pinot that you worked at. What, what's the one thing you take away from that experience that you use now? What, what is the thing that you've learned most about Pinot from them that you can use today? Uh, I guess that uh, every uh, place that you go to, every terroir, every winery, every vineyard, uh, needs its own special attention and care yeah. and its own uh, there, there are no recipes as it no were recipe, yeah. so you know when I first came from New Zealand to work in Oregon I had all these great ideas about how to treat the fruit and how yeah. to how to process and how to do all these things and they're all completely blown away because it was yeah. different grapes yeah and they give you different uh, different elements and 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 so we had to you know adapt mm-hmm. and I think the great winemakers and Pinot Noir uh, specialists are adapters because we're adapting to global warming we're adapting to uh, new vineyards new plantings new areas that are being pioneered like the Okanagan in many ways mm-hmm. um, and so there's there's a lot of really good stuff there to get your teeth into and that was a big move from New Zealand to come yep. to the Okanagan what brought you here 
Well, uh, actually, uh, I was just having a good conversation with my my good friend Tony Stewart over there at Quailsgate, and when I came through here in 2001, after doing a harvest in Oregon, I tasted with the winemakers here in the valley, Tom DeBello, uh, Ashley Hooper, and a few others, and uh, and uh, tasted the wines, was blown away by some of the potential quality here in the valley. And then uh, um, went back home and started making wine, and eventually the phone rang, and Tony and Ben Stewart offered me the position to come out here mm-hmm. and make wine at Quailsgate, and uh, it was certainly uh, a fabulous opportunity. So we, without hesitation, we moved wow. uh, originally from Vancouverite, and so uh, it was a great opportunity to come back home and, yeah. and make wine. <laughs> and you I started had, a great revolution there, too. Or yeah. evolution, evolution say. for yeah. sure. We th- yeah. we definitely transitioned Quailsgate over yeah. that decade that I yeah. worked with them there from a, a make all wine kind of house cabernets yeah. and everything to being much more specific to cool clim- climate varieties. Yeah. And where was Annabelle from? Your wife? My wife is English. Uh, she originally comes from Devon and Somerset, but we actually met in Australia. Oh, in uh, in uh, yeah, well, uh, 1986. So I'm aging and dating myself here a lot now. But but uh, yeah, we've we've been uh, yeah. I guess close to 30 years. She's you, very talented too. She is. She's a wonderful artist, and she's the artist uh, in residence, as it were, at Spearhead. So all of her work is displayed uh, prominently there. Uh, oh, she makes a lot of stuff out of vine canes know, and willow beautiful. and some really beautiful stuff. And uh, and and displays it at uh, at Spearhead as well. And she's got a great recipe in the BC Wine Lovers Cookbook. She does, she does, and Je- that's a fabulous book by Jennifer it's, Schnell. It's a beautiful book. Everybody yeah. should pick up a copy. They There's should. So many good we're recipes. We're actually we actually have that in our tasting room at Spearhead. So when they come by to taste wine, they can grab a copy as well. They're signed by Jennifer herself. Yes. Super. Yeah. Great. You've been uh, you've been working in what I would call the North Okanagan for quite a while now, and there's a North the Central, North yeah. Central. Okay, but it's we're pushing yeah, north some boundaries for uh, sure. It's warming up a little bit, and people are now discovering Vernon and all these other places in Lake Country. Yeah, uh, there are lots of spots for Pinot yet. I think in BC. I think so. Yeah, there. You know, the P- great Pinot Noir has always grown in areas that are. Uh, potentially frosting, a little dodgy. You know, some of the great, great yeah. Pinot Noir vineyards are also vineyards that are susceptible to frost and winter kill and winter damage. And so it's a bit of a battle yeah. to get the crop, but well worth it. Yeah. you got to um, have deep pockets. That That is a good it's point. Because you got to take risks to, yeah. to make great wine. Uh, well, I'm interested because we've seen some developments in uh, sub-GIs. Do we want a sub-GI in this area? Uh, how's that working out? It is. Um, you know, David f- Patterson from Tantalus yep. and myself and uh, a few others in our neighborhood in uh, southeast Kelowna have been, you know, quietly picking away behind the scenes at uh, at, at establishing a sub-GI. Yeah. It's still in process, but yeah. we've had soil samples, and Scott McLeod has come and did all sorts of nice stuff yep. uh, and presented it. And so currently... Uh, we're on the track and we're on the path and we think it's very important that people understand where the the grapes are grown and where the wine comes from yeah. and uh, identify the, with the vineyards, particularly with our type of winemaking because this is uh, Spearhead is all about single vineyard wines mm-hmm. and so, you know, the location while, while it may be said that we're trying to establish the sub-GI for East Kelowna, I actually make Pinot Noir from from my own vineyard here in the Mount Boucherie complex area. Right. Uh, I have uh, a beautiful vineyard that I source fruit and Chardonnay from that I showed you last year. Yeah. From the Naramata Bench. 
Um, so we are You're selecting everywhere. great vineyards pretty much as far down yeah. as uh, we like Naramata. that. Yeah. You know, uh, the thing about Pinot Noir for me is that it's so delicious, and in some ways there's so much beautiful simplicity in that wine. It makes it super complex. Yeah, simple <laughs> and, and complex. Yeah. It seems like an, you know, a bit of a... Yeah, uh, it's odd, yeah. but it works. It does uh, work. And yeah. you brought something, because this is always perplexing to people, you brought a single clone wine today, single clone Pinot. Yeah. Well, what's that all about? Well, um, it's actually kind of a neat story because it's a clone 828, and it's a, it's a clone that was... Uh, you know, part of the French vine improvement program that's mm-hmm. been taking place in France for the last 20, 25, 30 years. Yep. Um, the Dijon clones obviously were introduced. And then this one came along in about 2006 while I was working at Quailsgate. And I remember, mm-hmm. you know, we're the last country on the planet that can import, you know, rooted vine material. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yes. uh, and Jeez. so, you know, I, I th- well, uh, you know, I was a little reluctant from some uh, aspects that you're bringing in French material. I was always very excited that we could have access to some amazing vine material to improve our vineyards. Yeah. So I uh, personally, for the very first time, imported this clone in 2006 and planted it at Quailsgate. And mm-hmm. since then, it has you know really made reached its way around. made its way around, and it's a it has a great reputation. A lot of my colleagues from Oregon have you know come down and kind of looked at it and said that's not like the 828 that I have in Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, it is a fabulous clone and I really I actually made a single vineyard wine once before at Quailsgate with this and again very small production. I remember that. Um, but this has been a little treat. We have a wine club uh, of about 500 members that are just a fabulous group and they love special wines. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know we let them make their own wine Yeah. and uh, yeah, do some fun stuff cool. like that but this is something that we kind of give them an opportunity to have first access to Um, and the wine is delicious I mean it's deep it's rich a lot of people see Pinot Noir as being uh, and mistakenly being a lighter uh, medium body to light body style wine and as you can see in the glass you know sometimes you can achieve greater things than that with with some concentration always has intensity and mouthfeel I love that about it very quickly, because we don't have a lot of time, the, the Pinot program now at Spearhead, how would you lay it out for the public? If uh, they come by and visit, well, what's we are, available? We are a Pinot house, and I, <coughs> and I say that uh, in many ways that's very obvious because we're making 13 wines now in total. Wow. And nine of them are made from Pinot Noir. Okay, that's So great. we make the white Pinot Noir, and we have three. Which sing- I love, by the way, it's the a, latest one. It's a beauty. So good. Yeah. Um, so that's a fun expression, and people ask me why I did that, and I did it to get attention. It's it's pretty yeah. base, but uh, uh, I, you know I wanted people to see that what we're all about with Pinot. So the other three wines of those uh, are single vineyard wines from my own vineyard in uh, um, behind Mount Boucherie, yeah. uh, and uh, we have the Golden Retreat Vineyard in Summerland and our own Saddleblock Vineyard, and then we make a couple of blends as well. And the really fun thing about these wines, and I really love to show them all together at once to uh, consumers when they come to the tasting room and the fact is is that the protocols the ripening the the uh the winemaking is identical so when you're looking at all these wines together what you're seeing is the the place place. and never forget the farmer yeah yeah that's true never forget the farmer he is a key part of the terroir and you know if you're if you're grape uh your viticulturalist or anybody who's looking after these vineyards decide to take a summer holiday Mm -hmm. and let things go to rack and ruin then you know your great terroir is gone um so you know we don't deal with people who take summer holidays 
<laughs> You're listening to Grant Stanley. You can hear the enthusiasm. You should get over to uh, Spearhead <clears throat> to taste the wine. Thanks so much, Grant. It was great to see it's you. It's a pleasure. We look yeah. forward. You, you know, with COVID, we've had a lot of people uh, um, visiting the tasting room that we never expected to see before, and yeah. we're welcoming guests with reservations. Yeah. Uh, it's been a great summer, and we're looking forward to seeing a few more people up there before it all Goes to, uh, goes to Rack and Ruin in October. Grant Stanley, winemaker at Spearhead Winery, thanks so much. Uh, we, uh, we're we going to take a quick break, but coming up next is Tony Stewart from Quailsgate Winery. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Rediscover the South Okanagan good life at Watermark Beach Resort, Asoyas Hotel and Conference Center. Just steps to everything. The beach, shopping, the marina, and great dining at the restaurant at Watermark. New executive chef Nick Atkins invites you to indulge your senses with bright new flavors inside or on the newly expanded lakeside patio, featuring new health and safety protocols and procedures. Reservations are highly recommended. Celebrate the South Okanagan. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com. Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's organic ambassador program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. Calling all winemakers, craft brewers, cider makers, or artisan distillers. Canada's first wine village is coming, and you could be a part of it. Located at the gateway to Canada's wine capital in Oliver, the village provides turnkey, low-capital production facilities that are available for lease starting now. But with space for only 16 artisan producers, the time to act is now to be part of history and start crafting your unique story. To learn more, visit districtwinevillage.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, pleased to be joined by Tony Stewart and Roger Sleeman. Tony, the CEO, and Roger, the executive chef at Quailskate Estate Winery here in uh, West Kelowna. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank great, you. Uh, great to have you back. Yes, welcome back. Another season, 2020, just like any other, Tony. Or well, a little different uh, today <laughs> with the smoke, but uh, we're uh, looking at 2020 as a uh, uh, interesting year from both yeah. the COVID side and the uh, growing side. Oh yeah, smoke's nothing once you've had a pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, good to see both of you. Uh, how have your your uh, customers reacted to the whole year? We've, we've had a really strong uh, show of support for local wines, uh, and uh, it's been phenomenal. Uh, I think Roger's noticed uh, you know, a real uh, steady interest in uh, dining out in the Okanagan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, the, the feedback's been great, and uh, everybody's really supportive of supporting local, really. You know, our, our whole restaurant industry needs a lot of help, and everybody's come out locally. It's yeah. been great. And so you have a very large uh, outdoor patio area, and uh, and uh, so that probably helps a bit. Absolutely, yeah. The, we're able to spread out pretty uh, pretty easily. So yeah. we've uh, you know we've been able to obviously downsize a bit, a few tables, and have that spacing. But 
having that out, big outdoor space has allowed us to to still have a mm-hmm. good amount of customers in. And you're yeah. open for lunch and dinner every day? Every day, seven days a week, lunch Great. and dinner. Absolutely. Yeah. So many people haven't have you know just aren't fortunate enough to be able to open like that. Yeah, we've been. Uh, you know what we. We've always kind of gone at uh, being available all the time and, and opening lunch and dinner, and we've been open in between lunch and dinner as well. So it's uh, uh, there's lots of opportunity. I know we've been, uh, you know, we've had great uh, reservations, great walk-ins. People are come on the property, so uh, you know we, we've helped that by opening, uh, you know, another outlet on on the property as well, and, and uh, uh, the market we've called it. Uh, so it's another yeah. opportunity for people to enjoy Quailsgate food and purchase wine and snacks and baked goods. And yeah, that's great. So that's something that we've uh, quickly uh, uh, done. Yeah. Pivot is the word, I think. Yeah, that's the, the word of 2020 for sure. Uh, I don't want to run out of time. So you brought two Pinot Noirs you want to talk about then and some food. So we'll start with the Pinot. You brought an estate uh, Pinot and the family uh, reserve. Correct. The Stewart family reserve. What's the difference in those two Pinots? Just before we taste them, but what's the strategy of the two? Sure. So the estate selection Pinot Noir is the more everyday Pinot, which is uh, a selection of vineyards from both uh, South Kelowna, West Kelowna, and and different sites, Uh, whereas the Stewart Family Reserve is specific to the Quailsgate property and the upper volcanic soils that exist in those vineyards there. Mm. So first one, everyday wine that you can enjoy, whereas the other one's more for the special occasion. Yeah, this, uh, you know, well, I just tasted it. It's so round and soft and delicious and just exactly what Pinot should be. Nothing nothing more, nothing less, just Pinot. Really tasty. Uh, well, you've been a pioneer in Pinot, though, for way back when. I don't know when the first discussion was in the family about going Pinot. Yeah, it was the, in the 80s, Ben was making wines at home and uh, was making some Pinot Noirs. And, and, and you thought he was nuts, or...? Well, I didn't even drink wine at the time, but everybody was telling me that they thought the Pinot was the variety that uh, they liked out of all of them. But uh, yeah. our dad planted Pinot in '79, or sorry, '75. Yeah. Um, we realized that it was the right variety for our vineyards. Yeah. And uh, we've been planting uh, it ever since. So we've uh, we were just out yesterday looking at some of the new uh, South Kelowna plantings that we've got, uh, which is uh, some new clones of eight two eight and six six seven that we've. Uh, Planted over there. How many Pinots do you make? We make uh, three Pinot Noirs, soon to be a fourth. Um, There's more demand from consumers for specific sites, uh, specific clones, um, more of a story behind each of the wines. So if you go back, say, 15 years ago, it was kind of like, well, you know, we like Wellsgate Pinot Noir. And it was hard to sell a reserve. Now it's much, you know, this layering effect the consumer is looking for. Yeah, they want to want a place. I just tasted the Stewart Family Reserve. Now this is like a block, right? Mostly a, a small block of vines that yes. go that end up in this wine. So even more intensity and and uh, more ageability, I would assume as well. Correct. In our philosophy, at Quellsgate's always been about layering. So there's six different clones of Pinot Noir in the Stewart Family Reserve, and uh, you know we don't use one barrel producer we use a number of them so we're looking at layering and putting complexity into the wine so it is age worthy yeah delicious we're very excited to be at old vines restaurant tonight and i i I just can't wait would tell me what you're going to serve us (laughs) well um obviously pinot will be on the menu that's uh that's always a given right um we're gonna feature you know some of the last of the summer and early september uh produce uh there's some 
amazing melons out right now, so I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of um, a local burrata, a little tantalante oh, burrata from uh, Salmon Arm uh, with some of the local melons and uh, some nectarines as well. So a little bit of the fruit, a little bit of acidity, a little bit of uh, you know richness, and just a nice little oppie. Um, and then we're going to move into uh, some, uh, some duck for main course, um, paired with uh, some of our uh, pinots. Um, and again, with that, you know, looking at some of the beautiful plums that are coming out right now. Um, in let's, fact, let's I got, a, I got go a for dinner now. What I, I got a few for? few plums from uh, Tony's Street. Tony shows up at my back door with uh, oh. a couple of cases of uh, gorgeous plums. So wow. I said, you know what, we're going to put that on the menu tonight. So uh, you'll have a bit of that, and then um, uh, finish off with some. Uh, we'll see what we finish off with. Uh, <laughs> sounds great. Tony, I mean, people don't probably don't know, but your family dates right back to the turn of the of the century here as uh, uh, growing things in the Okanagan. I think it was it shrubs at the beginning, or was yeah, it was uh, tree fruits or tree fruits at the beginning, and then shade trees and uh, yeah. things like that. So yeah, so are you pretty good at that yourself? I would say that I'm a rank amateur, <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I I want the job that my dad had at the end of his career, which is I want to be the forager for the restaurant when I retire. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good uh, to me. Well, we don't have tons of time. Tell us a little bit about the big new project that's burgeoning over there on the other side of the lake. Uh, yeah, this, what is the plan? Okay, well, this is a very exciting uh, project for our family. Uh, we. Um, is the property that's been in the family uh, with my uh, dad and his uncle and his brothers uh, back in the 40s and uh, it's a 200 acre site that we're developing we've planted uh, just over 110 acres of it now wow. so over the next few years we'll get it fully planted uh, it will be home to a new winery uh, for our family uh, we will be doing some sparkling wine and uh, we started that uh, sparkling wine this uh, vintage this a very small amount that yeah. we're going to make from uh, some of our uh, uh, sparkling clones, mm -hmm. but uh, it's it's a site that uh, has a great view of the city, and uh, we think that we can do something that the Okanagan will be very proud of. Wow! And do you have a name for it yet? We're still working on that. That uh, Angela has been brought on. Uh, Angela Lyons, our new VP Marketing and Sales, is uh, working on that, and uh, we have a lot of names that are being thrown around. Oh, that's so tough. Hardest part, isn't it? If that's right, and the gentleman beside me here also has to uh, launch a whole new restaurant there, so I know he's excited about it. Yeah. Wow! And and on this side, will you concentrate even more on Pinot then, or will like what you're processing here in, at the original estate? Yeah, the original estate will be uh, more of the small lot and more yeah. of the um, uh, you know kind of experimental projects that we're going to be doing. So it'll be a kind of our elite team of professionals that'll be working there on a very uh, reduced volume from what we do yeah. today. Uh, before we go, because of COVID, you had such a fantastic tasting room. Is it still, is it appointment now? How are you working out when people are coming to visit? Yeah, we're doing by appointment only. And I know that, uh, you know, our primary concern as an industry is health and safety of people coming to wine country. Yep. Um, so it is all by reservation. Uh, we're maintaining strict protocols and staff are wearing masks. We're, you know, we're maintaining uh, the highest levels of protocols we can to ensure the safety of people visiting Quellsgate and as you know, lots of people aren't going out, and uh, that's yeah. where they can, you know, go to Save On or they can go to uh, online and uh, purchase wines that way. And even the BCLDB, you have wines in there, which always impresses me yeah. because it's hard to find great wine, great BC wine in the BCLDB structure, but you've got them there, so that's good. It's one of the commitments we've made to make sure that we can uh, at least get the product out to Canadians yeah. so they can enjoy some good Canadian wines.
Tony Stewart and Roger Sleeman, the exec chef and the CEO, uh, respectively. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Uh, can't wait for dinner. All right. See you soon. Thank you. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, we've had a great time here at Mount Boucherie, and we've got to uh, break away now, but there's plenty more coming up uh, here in the coming days. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And you've been listening to the BC Food & Wine Radio Network live from Mount Boucherie in West Kelowna. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.